In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please do be seated. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing make you afraid. All things are passing. God alone never changes. Patience gains all things. If you have God, you will want for nothing. God alone suffices. These words were written within the granite walls of one of the few fortress cities in Europe that still remain. 50 miles to the northwest of Madrid, Avila sits high on a rocky outcrop, the summit of a hill which rises abruptly from the arid wilderness. It's encircled by lofty mountains. In the 16th century, the city was a seedbed for spiritual renewal, and it, that was made tangible in the work and the lives of men and women whose influence is still felt today. Spanish counter-reformation mystics, such as Teresa of Avila, a doctor of the church, a woman of determination and intimate spiritual passion. She it was who crafted those words with which I began. Alongside her, St. John of the Cross, a Carmelite priest and friar, whose writings are considered the summit of mystical Spanish literature. His drawing of a crucified Christ viewed from above, which came to him in a vision whilst praying in the monastery of the Incarnation at Avila, in turn inspired the painting in 1951 by Salvador Dali. Alongside these two, the composer Tomas Luis de Victoria, whose anthem we just heard sung so movingly a little earlier. Victoria has been described as the most illustrious Spanish Renaissance composer, whose music expresses the depths of Spanish mysticism and brings the art of Renaissance harmony to new heights. He was born into a large and influential family near Avila in 1548. At the age of 10, he became a chorister at Avila Cathedral, which was itself a flourishing center of mysticism. There, he studied with, with leading Spanish composers and musicians, and it is still possible to go to that cathedral and to see the carved wooden choir stalls in which he must have sat. When his voice changed at 17, he traveled to Rome to study as a singer. He was recommended to the Jesuit college by St. Teresa herself. It's thought likely that while he was in Rome, he would have known the composer Palestrina and may even have been taught by him. Victoria's work as a singer and organist led to his own teaching post at the college. And eventually, after his wife's death in 1577, he was also ordained as a priest. After two decades then in Rome, during which he became established as a highly respected composer and his work traveled the globe, 
It was sung in churches and cathedrals across Europe and much further afield in Mexico, Peru, and Colombia. After two decades, the homesick Victoria was granted royal permission to return home to Spain. There, he became chaplain to the sister of King Philip II, the Empress Maria. And under her patronage, this devout priest taught singing, played the organ, undertook clerical duties, worshiped in the chapel, and continued to publish musical compositions. Over his life, he composed around 185 works. All are entirely sacred compositions, <clears throat> music set aside for prayer and for praise rather than for performance. Sacred music, which is described by Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI as capable of opening our minds and our hearts to the dimension of the spirit and leading persons to raise their gaze on high, to be open to absolute goodness and beauty, which have their ultimate source in God. And certainly many say that they hear in Victoria's music a mystical intensity and a direct emotional appeal. I'd like to suggest this afternoon that importantly, his work is set within the complexity and the turbulence of his day and yet points the hearer towards eternity. In the words of Pope Benedict, allowing us to raise our gaze on high. Victoria was by all accounts a jovial man as well as a priest of deep convictions and he never thought that his faith meant that he should step away from the world in which he lived. He was born, lived and worked during turbulent times. It was a dramatic period of history. Europe was still being influenced by the shifts wrought by the Reformation and Counter-Reformation, a period then of religious, political, and artistic flourishing and turmoil. The year after Victoria returned to Spain from Rome, his monarch Philip would launch a fleet of ships, 130, with the mission of overthrowing the Protestant Queen Elizabeth and restoring Catholic rule here in England. The defeat of that Spanish armada was seen by some to be an omen of the decline of the Spanish Golden Age. Our anthem then this afternoon was a setting by Victoria of the words of an ancient Hebrew psalm, a psalm of pilgrimage, of longing, a desire to be in God's house, in the temple, at the heart of the city on the hill, a prayer too for the peace of that city, gladness for the assurance of the destination and the privilege of welcome into the presence of God. It overflows with joy and longing, and yet that note, that note of concern, the recognition that peace and protection are also desired and crucial, not just for the individual psalmist, but for their companions, 
for the city, for the nation. For the psalmist, for Victoria, so for us. Every age faces its own challenges and joys. As we also reflect on the world around us and even within us, we may too long for the resources to enable us not to flee those challenges, but to raise our gaze in the midst of them towards God. The beauty, the intimacy, the joy, the poignancy and the mystery of Victoria's music continues to be heard in cathedrals and churches around the world today, some 400 years after his death. For those who have ears to hear, it is a source of strength and encouragement in the midst of that inner and outer turmoil to set our own pilgrim eyes on our destination and to raise our gaze to God. So may we know this God for ourselves, God the delight and the destination of St. Teresa, St. John of the Cross, and Victoria. And in these times of change, those words of his companion Teresa again. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing make you afraid. All things are passing. God alone never changes. Patience gains all things. If you have God, you will want for nothing. God alone suffices. Amen.